Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, I have Rob with me. If you haven't tuned in the last week or two, we've taken a little different format for the moment with the podcast. We may do some more meetings here and there. I want to do some interviews with uh, different members that have come to the podcast, some and others that are just members of the Facebook group that haven't been able to be on the podcast. And here's some personal stories and how, and their quest in recovery, because a big part of recovery for all of us, uh, or I can just speak for myself, and everyone I've ever met in recovery, a big part of that is learning how to surrender to a power greater than themselves or a power that some of us realize that we were a part of and didn't know it. <laughs> you know, and so how to how to let go of our selfishness and our fear, which drove our selfishness, dishonesty and resentment. Any announcements? Go look at take a look at BuddyC.org. Uh, we've got some good things there. We've got a lot of resources. We've got a daily uh, devotion, uh, free devotion that you're welcome to get. We also have a book I wrote about the Tao Te Ching and how it relates to my recovery. If you go to the website, you can get a free PDF of that book if you email me from the site, and I'll send that to you, or you can buy the book on Amazon if you'd like. Uh, there's several verses there that give a little background. I'm happy to have Rob with me today. Rob, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you for inviting me, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, how long have we known? I think our days together started back with the SRC before before the pandemic, correct? September 2019. Uh, that was an interesting, uh, I, was it that first interaction that I kind of uh, pissed you off? Was that the first time? <laughs> <laughs> no, a little bit later. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I love that story, though. Do you want to start with that one and just uh, the kind of frame where we're going to be going? Yeah. So let's not get too much into what got me into recovery. Um, but I had been uh, in recovery since June, early June of 2019. Hadn't really done much uh, other than attend some local AA meetings. And I started binging podcasts and stumbled on Omar and the SRC and then got to know Buddy in the groups. I joined the SRC sometime in September. And then um, in October, I had just gotten back. This was October of 2019, pre-COVID. I had just gotten back from a wonderful trip to France. My wife's whole family lives there. And um, keep in mind, I'm about four months into recovery. This is all new to me. And a gentleman hit me, broadsided me, doing 50 miles an hour, T-boned me on my way to work the first day back from my vacation at six in the morning. And the result of that was a traumatic brain injury. Uh, I had I was pretty messed up and I couldn't work. I had a neurologist that was overseeing me. And so I had a lot of time on my hands. I wasn't supposed to be on the computer but I was bored out of my mind. And so I was able to attend the Dow meetings because uh, my relationship with Buddy 
through SRC, I, I started attending. And so that's going to be mid-October, early November era of 2019. And you know, I'm coming into this whole thing. I've got a background in, um, you know, a conservative kind of traditional um, Christian background. Um, and as I'm as I'm trying to deal with not drinking and in recovery and I'm, I binge myself on all of this stuff, um, it became pretty evident that I was pissed, angry, <laughs> discontent. And a lot of that was directed, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm still trying to learn how to deal with that, but uh, a lot of it was directed um, outwardly at the gentleman that hit me and messed me up. Right. You know, as if, as if he even knew me or cared about me <laughs> or anything. Right. right. Um, but I'm, I'm involved in these meetings and one of the meetings, <laughs> buddy just goes, well, Rob, have you prayed for him? You just got to love him. And it's not as much for him as it is for you because it's going to eat you alive. You are not going to have a moment's rest and have any peace until you deal with this. And so your responsibility is to love him. You just got to love him. And I saw you bow up. I mean, you were like, what? You were just like, no. Yes. Exactly. You just flipped me a double bird. Yes, exactly. That's (laughs) easy, right? Right. Easy for you to say. You're not the one home out of work. And I was out of work for two months. And the only way I could get back earlier was I'd switch careers and got into something a little less stressful. But I had a I had a strong arm, my neurologist, to even get back to work in two months. So that was that was a, an interesting time. All of it had to happen. It, it had to and it was supposed to because it did. So if I'm le- learning anything. Um, but wow, you know, I just had not been in interactions and dealt with people um, with these new paradigms. And you'd say, oh, Rob, Rob, you came out of this stereotypical background. You know, it's at least in the words, uh, it's part of the DNA. Well, I don't know what I missed. I obviously missed something or maybe I just woke up or what. But this whole new line of thinking, this new paradigm shift of just just love and, and being and not fighting and just getting on getting on the program. (laughs) You know, and the the interesting thing is we're not talking about denouncing our Christianity or whatever we believe in and, you know, uh, all of those things. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about principles. They're really love principles, really, that work no matter what your religious inclinations are. If you believe in a God of love, this can speak to you uh, and it either speaks to you or it does not. You know, I mean, I've heard no one that's in the middle wrote, Oh, I like it a little. No, either people love studying the Tao Te Ching and love, you know, everything about studying uh, this path as the Tao or they don't, it doesn't resonate with them at all. So uh, I love it for that, for that reason that it's so simple and so practical. There's nothing impractical about it. No pie in the sky. It's all about how we can relationally have a better life now, you know. And so, uh, Rob, with you, I want to, 
I know you, so I'm, I can kind of lead you in a direction. I, I want to talk about, first let's talk about how your alcohol was out of control or what brought you to look for recovery. So, and get a good, one good war story in so that you can, you know, so you can qualify. And then I want to go back again and talk about religious upbringing and those things and how, you know, without condemning anything or, you know, we're not here to do that or say this is wrong or this. uh, We're just uh, looking to frame it so that we can see what we brought into recovery. So if you don't mind, let's start with your alcoholism. When did that start rearing its head? And If the final rock bottom, to use the vernacular, was... June 4th, my wife left me. She'd had it. Um, this has been a long, slow burn of many, many conversations over going back and trying to rebuild this. About five years, maybe. Uh, really off the deep end, blacking out three to five nights a week, consistent. A lot of alcohol consumption, a lot of denial, a lot of shame, guilt, self-hatred, all the negative talk. Over, over, and getting up the next morning, I'm done by four, doing, starting it all over again. And she'd had it. Uh, I was, I'd ruin vacations. I would ruin any, you know, time together. And it wasn't much to live with because I just didn't deal with anything. Um, So, yeah, that was, that's what precipitated it. June 5th is my sobriety date, 2019. She did wind up coming back. Um, after a while. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think you could do any better. Uh, you're very fortunate, Rob. Yeah, I am lucky. <laughs> I can't believe I put that at risk, but hey, I'm on this side of it and yes. it's a whole lot better, a lot better for it. Actually, I thank her for doing that. That was hard for her, but that's probably the greatest gift that anybody's given me. Isn't that amazing how we can look at situations that are negative and see how they were to our benefit really in reality mm-hmm. it reminds me of a quote in some of our literature one of the daily reflections i think or as bill sees it that we are that when things are difficult we're growing when and learning and when things are good we're grateful but i don't learn unless i have some of those trials like you're talking about we all got here through those got to go through it to get to it right those truths are are real i kind of joke with folks that i do this walk with and pull out the little ideas the idealisms idiosms put them on a business card but uh they're powerful well let's go back to what your upbringing was your oh by the way i want to thank you on on the podcast, I, I, I went out and visited Rob a couple of summers ago. And from memory, he took me all over central Colorado, every mountain pass I believe there was for three days. And we both ride and it was incredible. So thank you so much. That was yes. wonderful. You were raised in Christianity, correct? Uh, not, not, nothing as, uh, in detail so that, you know, I don't, we don't want right. to offend anyone, you know, but it was a very fundamental Christianity. Would that be a good way to put it? Yeah, very fundamental. Um, my dad was a minister, so I'm a preacher's kid. 
any anything that anybody's visualizing it probably is going to fall in that that category um you know more of an emphasis on uh what i can and can't do from an outward performance standpoint so that i i am qualified and validated as being okay or not within that uh, set of beliefs and that community. So it definitely had a, a lot of, uh, well, I didn't recognize it. It's taken some counseling, <laughs> some therapy. I had to get some therapy to be able to dig all this up, but um, very much a conditional love situation, you know, based on um, the particular beliefs of that particular group, uh, not too unsimilar from many people's I think this is universal for whatever background you came out of. So, you know, is it right or wrong in and of itself? No, as Buddy was saying, uh, don't want to try to stamp it or label it because at the end of the day, are we seeking out a relationship with our higher power? Are we loving our God as we love ourselves? And are we loving others as we love ourselves? And is, is it an emphasis on, on that relationship and that figuring out my role and my purpose with that higher power? And then as the only form of sanity and the only form of action, uh, and, and I use it as a crutch and I'm going to use that, I'm going to use that word crutch instead of leaning on, um, doing and saying the right things. Now I'm learning to lean on loving others. So when I get in trouble, I use it as, um, and you know, buddy, you're part of that. It's like, well, get your head out of your butt and go love somebody, go find somebody to help. Right. And that when I grew up, it leaned more on the go find somebody Well, define what you believe and then go somebody, go find somebody to convert to this. And then if they don't, um, you know, it, it's not as much the love equation. Yes, I, I came out of a lot of the same background and most, most Christianity or fundamental Christianity, that, that is a big emphasis. Uh, but you know, Jesus said the whole law is comprised in two commandments and then he said they were new commandments. I give you, mm -hmm. they weren't, they weren't old. They were new, uh, you know, love others as yourself and, um, uh, love your neighbor as yourself and, uh, love God with everything you are. Mm -hmm. You know, those two, all the commandments are comprised in those two. Yeah. So, um, when you, could you see God work in your life before recovery? Could you see different things when you were, uh, between the time that, you know, you were a kid up to the time that you, what, how old were you when you got sober? Ooh, 54. Okay. In that time, could you see, for lack of a better word, the hand of God in your life, uh, some providential or some help in some way through different things? Or was that not an awareness for you during that time? It, it was a it was a hard find. And so they were far and few in between, um, despite myself and despite my closed closedness, my lack of openness. Um, yeah, they existed. I had my oldest son was born 30 weeks 
So 10 weeks premature neonatal intensive care for 36 days. Mm-hmm. We almost lost him. Um, so that, you know, there's life events like that where I felt or I, I chalked it up to the hand of God or, you know, something, um, that got me through it without going crazy. Um, but those were far and few in between. And I wasn't waking up and going through the day with bring me somebody to love, bring me somebody to help. I'm open to whatever you've got. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, <laughs> not going off the rails, but I always kind of thought, uh-oh, if I do that, I'm going to wind up as a missionary in some jungle, yeah. snake-infested jungle, right? I'm going to get, my God is going to make me do something that I absolutely hate and abhor, and it's the last thing that would be good for me or right for me. And uh, It's I, quite the opposite, isn't it? It's quite the opposite, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I haven't thought about that lately. Uh, okay, so you get into recovery. Um, how did you approach God with your recovery? Wow. Well, I only knew one. And right. to be honest with you, uh, it wasn't for a little bit later down the road that I learned just how angry I was at this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the big guy in the sky with the lightning bolts and and all that, you know, this weird image, this weird view that I built. Um, so I, I kind of went at it where I, I just, I was observing all of these, I was experiencing and observing all these people in recovery. And it blew me away because they weren't following or they would not line up to um, the scorecard that the group I grew up with would have on them. They didn't check any of the boxes in most of the right, right. In fact, they were on the absolutely don't do this box, mm-hmm. right? Don't be this or don't, don't practice this or say this or do this. And, but yet I was finding these wonderful humans for one of the first times in my life that were good humans that loved others. They love me. And that was probably one of the biggest slaps that one of the hardest things for me to reconcile was, why do I feel unconditional love with the group of drunks that are across the board on what they believe? And I feel more accepted in this group and they're, you know, the different ones, but I'm going to say the recovery community, you know, as a whole. Right. How can that be? So I was pretty confused. I just knew I liked it, but I was really confused early on about the time that we met. Yeah. Those, they did not qualify for God to do anything for them. I mean, they 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 just could well well like you said, they just couldn't check the boxes, so they didn't qualify. But yet they were finding help, and I was not. <laughs> yeah, and many of them were at peace, true yes. peace, after you know horrible life experiences, and that was impossible based on what I was told in my other system. Yeah. Okay, so how did the shift start? What? How, how did that happen? <laughs> well, I have to say that the Tao was probably some of the, those times where I, I had I, I, I couldn't work. So I was able to get up and attend those. Maybe the Tao was kind of my gateway spirituality into a lot bigger, broader things. Started opening up my mind to something else. Um. And it's kind of hard to, as I look back on it, it's really hard for me to put it all together sequentially because I, 
I don't know when in the process I finally went, I don't know. But isn't that the point, though? That's when it starts happening. Yes. If we give up the need to figure it out. Yes. That's the gift. Now, the Tao itself, people here say, are we talking about God? What, what's the Tao to you, Rob? What do you, how do you look at that? How do you frame it? Well, in, in its very literal form, it's, it's a bunch of verses. And they're very short and very easy to devour. They're nice little, you know, three paragraph uh, examples of life and how to be. Do you have a favorite? Nine. Nine. Let's go ahead and read that so people can get an idea of what we're doing. And the Tao Te Ching is what we're talking about. It's 81 verses. If we were, if we lived in China, we would have this instead of the Bible. That is the most second uh, published manuscript globally behind the Bible. The Bible is the only book that's been published more. Read so the, whichever translation you like, Rob. Stephen Mitchell, and I'll go ahead and read it. I've got it up here. Uh, this uh, Verse 9, fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will blunt. Chase after money and security and your heart will never unclench. Care about people's approval, and you will be their prisoner. Do your work, then step back, the only path to serenity. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hours. I mean, every each one of these, hours. Pretty much take everything that I was taught in Western United, you know, U.S., pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You're not going to get anything you don't. Punch, claw, fight for. And anything you get is completely your, it's an individual battle and work, work, work. And that will give you security and that will give you peace. Mm. It's interesting too. Go ahead. And in the process, make sure that you play the political game. Make sure that you are doing what you have to to get other people's approval in each of these areas, both at work, career, uh, in in your social groups. Make sure you got that car, that house. Make sure that that you've got the money. Make sure that, and then in a in a religious, make sure that you're checking all the boxes. But everything in this, in its DNA, is 100% opposite of everything I was told. You know, people look at this sometimes and they would say, well, you've got to do something. Well, the last verse says you do your work. But what do you do afterward? You just step back and let it go. You all your expectations, you let those things go and let it speak for itself. And that's the path to serenity. It's in the letting go that makes it stay. It says it uh, that way in, in other places. Yeah, it's just incredible. This whole idea of letting go and letting God or letting go and or get dragged yeah. is really from the Tao. That's the Tao. And if you're in 12 step recovery, uh, pages 85, 86 are all the Tao. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a place of neutrality. We stop fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. All of that is pointing toward the example of the Tao as far as being one of those views of a higher power. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and I, I especially like the second to last verse. 
to care about other people's approval and you will be their prisoner. Mm. And I had spent so much of my life, whether I was conscious of it or not. And, and I was so angry because, because of this other deal, this contract that I had signed in my mind that said, you know, my worth is based on other people's approval of me because that's what had been demonstrated to me from a young kid, from being a young, a young boy growing up. And, and the, the words here are, I'm a prisoner to them. If my worth is based on their approval, I can never get their unconditional love or their 100% approval. So I have just made myself a prisoner to nonstop people pleasing to try to get it. Whether that was with my parents or at work in a career situation or whatnot. And wow. I mean, that little sentence has got hours and hours and hours of, huh, <laughs> of therapy built into it. You know, and it reminds me of how fear based all of our belief systems were. And that's the shift. You move from a fear based system, afraid of punishment, afraid of, mm-hmm. uh, well, afraid of not have other people not being happy with us to a love based approach to spirituality. Okay. So you're in recovery. You're learning these new principles. You're seeing them at work. So what happened with the guy that ran into you? What did, what action did you take? Did you? Um, I had a lawyer, you know, from a, a legal standpoint, I had a lawyer. Um, again, my HP had worked it all out. One of my wife's best friend's husband works in big crash accident litigation. He, he comes in and takes pictures of the wreck and stuff. So he, he had recommended to me a lawyer who was uh, one of the best in the area. And this gentleman handled everything for me. So I didn't have to get engaged with uh, any of it. I had a dash camera. So anybody listening, here's a, a little pitch for a dash camera. Uh, the gentleman said I ran the red light and the dash camera showed 100% opposite. No, uh, we could actually count the seconds between me entering it. But anyway, I never interacted with him again. There was no other interaction. In fact, the lawyer forbade it. Plus, I couldn't stress. I was on medication. I had traumatic brain injury. And if I created any kind of heightened stress level, blood pressure, et cetera, I was at very high risk for um, stroke and seizure. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was real deal. You know, this wasn't just the love tap and a, and a crink in my neck. This was real deal serious. So, um, but as I look back, it all worked out. Plus, I worked for the government and and I had banked a bunch of sick leave. I've been there for a long time. And so I was able to take time off. It didn't hurt me financially. Um, so it all worked out. As I look back, I can go, oh, yeah, my higher power. And as you say, when did you start seeing the hand of God, higher power, you know, whatever we want to call it. And now I can see it plain as day. I can look back and go, okay, I started recovery. By the way, the stuff I was on is the same medicine that they give people that are are hospitalized for severe schizophrenia. Hmm. And it basically kind of calms the brain down. And if alcohol is introduced into the system with that, it's like 80% stroke, 
stroke out, seizure out. So I couldn't drink. In fact, they would call me daily and I was going, I had an Uber because I couldn't drive. I wasn't allowed to drive for good reason for months. And I would Uber and they would keep asking me, are you drinking? And um, no, no, no. They talked they talk to my wife because it was that. Well, can you imagine if that all of that would have happened uh, prior to my wife leaving me in June, which was four months prior, and I had to enter that time frame as, you know, blacking out three nights a week, three to five. I, so it all, boom, 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 it all lined up, it all lined up. I, I was in four months of recovery. I was learning the tools. I was in community. I was doing work. I was active. Um, so you know, and I could keep going. The stuff lined up. And, and, and even after that, I wound up um, having a career change. During all this time, they were shutting down my office and we were looking at a move mm. out of state. And I was able to take some of these principles and go, now, none of this happened overnight. And I still get crazy. I'm still me. But despite me trying to get another position and I wasn't allowed to do a lot of the computer work and things, I was kind of at the mercy of something other than myself and middle of November, a, m a month after this happened, uh, they came to me and asked if I'd be looking at a, a career change. So I moved out of same, same agency. I wouldn't have to move. And I moved from a very, very high stress, um, tense, high profile, something, something to finance, which not, not to say finance isn't something. It just wasn't, it's just not as operationally based. And it's been perfect for me. Now I'm like, cool. I didn't want it. I wasn't asking for it. If you would have asked me four years ago, where do you think you'll be? And I would have said this, but it's perfect. It's not what I, it's not what I thought I needed at the time, but hindsight, it's what it's exactly what I needed and what was best for me. Let me ask you a question about that. How do you, how do you see this happening? Now, we're, we're having a conversation that we don't have at any meeting. We're talking about our higher power, and we do not talk about that in a meeting. You know, that's not meeting material because it's interesting how in AA we're taught that, oh, you've got to have a power greater than yourself, but yet we don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's the God of your understanding. So it's never a topic in a meeting. So this is a little different. What do you think about providence? Do you think that it, there's a design that we're going by, or do you think that everything just works out to something good? And we we are more, it really doesn't matter that most of the decisions we make, it's going to work into something good. Uh, what, are there any other approaches to that, or are those the two, or have you thought about that very much? Oh, oh yeah, immensely. So without getting into labels, because people have been arguing over this or debating over this for years and years and years, I can only speak to my experience. Yes. So I'm going to tell you what I experienced and what I've observed in others, because that's all I got. Right. right. To the degree that I'm willing to stop trying to perpetuate the idea that I have ultimate control over my destiny. And go, I'm open to whatever this is that now I'm not sure I can label it where I'm at today. I'm not sure I can 
tell you I'm this, I'm that, I'm this version of that, I'm this iteration, you know, I'm, I'm Buddhist, I'm, I can't, I can't label it and I don't want to because the minute I do that, I seem to take the power out of it. But my experience is when I am in a crossroads or I'm just frustrated, angry, discontent, I'm in one of my spins. If I go, send me somebody to love, bring me, bring me somebody to talk to about this. Give me an opportunity to grow without exception. And it's usually like, and I warn people, I, I'm giving this advice to, I say, I'm, well, don't say it. Don't mean it and say it if you're not ready. Cause with, without any exception, it's like within weeks, sometimes days. And I've got story after story since I've been in this recovery and I've started down this path that these things just come into my life. I'm on a steering committee for and weird, weird, weird wife's cards, friends said, call this guy. He's really cool. I'm not going to say what group sect, et cetera, but he's kind of a marginalized in, in a, a religious format, but he's writing a book on what we're talking about. What is the divine? What is he's invited me to be, I've, I sat and talked with him and now he's invited me part of a steering committee for his podcast and his books. Wow. Just, and, and he starts every, every meeting. This is live. This isn't zoom. He starts every meeting out with no judgment, no proselytizing, no converting, no debate we can share. And I would have never, ever, ever, ever had that opportunity in my old thinking. And that was divine. Please help me work through this. I need somebody other than a paid therapist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> getting sick and tired. And my poor, my poor sponsor who's getting really tired of working this crap out with me. You know, it's the last thing he wants to do is to get into, uh, you know, get into my head on all of this spirituality stuff every week. So, yeah, night and day difference. Uh, the great thing, of, and we talked about this in the beginning, there's nothing to figure out. We don't have to. Future is not dependent on our knowledge like I used to think it was. You know? mm -hmm. Really, my future is dependent on my surrender now. Yeah. Not my knowledge. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Rob. Man, I, I needed this conversation today. Thank you. You know, and the more we do try to label it, the le the more restrictive it becomes. You know, and it's about openness and expansion, just like the universe is constantly growing and expanding. We are, too. And the way we do that, I believe, is through virtue, through love, being considerate of others. Uh, and it becomes second nature. I'll give you an example. Everything from the guy riding close behind you in the car, you, you say a prayer for him mm -hmm. uh, or you smile at him and he can't see you smile. But when you smile, you feel better. Mm -hmm. The smile's for you, you know, uh, all those things I've learned to look for someone to help. And it doesn't even have to be physically someone. A lot of times it's just a thought. Bring to mind someone and that can be so immediate. Yeah. Okay. So. Your ideas of God are changing. I'm just going to call all this God. So your ideas of God are changing. 
What does your family, do you talk to any of your family about this? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> because I imagine they have still have strong opinions. Yeah. So this wouldn't check the boxes and this would, this would require a, a conversion, a, a course correction conversation. Yes. And my dad is seminary trained and yes. he's got a, one of his degrees is Greek. So yeah, no. And I think it would confuse them. And I, I think for the sake, they're older. I think for the sake of their peace and happiness, we'll let them believe that I, I'm still checking the boxes and everything will be cool in their mind for yeah, what they now, How about your relationship with them? How have you used this program to Oof. better your relationship with them? Because, so, you know, for a lot of us, parents are a big issue when we come in. Yeah. So, um, yeah, knowing that my mom's never going to Google because she doesn't even know how to Google what that even means. Um, <laughs> there's no chance of them ever seeing this. But anyway, if if they ask me, I'm going to be honest because I got to be authentic. But even when I when I sat down with them, maybe two years into recovery, um, I just felt like I needed to be authentic enough to say, yeah, mom, I'm, I'm battling with alcoholism. I'm in, I'm in alcohol recovery. And when I, when I sat across the table from them and luckily Bridget was with, was with me because sometimes I get stuff mixed up in my mind and uh, her, her response was, no, you're not. So, because then all of a sudden she's got a child that she hasn't raised correct. And this is one of the things that you do not check. This is one of in the columns. You don't check that because that's a no, no. Um, so from that standpoint and from the things that I'm, I'm learning in counseling and reading and whatnot, there's, there's definite, definite religious trauma and definite neglect abandonment um, due to the contract. And, and is this something that's at their fault, et cetera? No, they just typical deal. They did their best as they were taught and they felt. So it's only through this recovery work that I'm able, all of my, it, help me be of service to them, uh, make this. So like I, I invited them out. I had a motorcycle ride. I had them meet us at the restaurant at Sedown South uh, with my buddy in, I hosted, I bought them lunch and let, they feel so good because now they're part of my life and get to meet my writing buddy. And um, so it's a different, it's a different relationship. And I look at it at this point, and it might sound weird to people that haven't gone through this, but instead of doing it, and there's always going to be that piece of trying to get their approval but I, I'm learning enough to know that this is about my service and this is about me loving them. And they're not horrible humans. If you met them, you'd like them. No, uh, no, I wouldn't think so. It's just, we all have issues. Most when we come into recovery, we got all these amends because we've normally held the, these things against these folks, especially parents and family for so long. There's hardly ever someone who has no amends to make to a, to a parent, especially in a situation like this, where you 
you've got resentment associated with religion and all these things. And like you said, they were just doing the best they could. Mm -hmm. They they weren't trying to screw you up. (laughs) And they didn't. You know, that's the thing. Because it took all of that for you to come to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, does that mean that when I get off of this podcast interview within the next week, I'm not going to have, you know, have that train of thought. It's like, no, there's some pretty deep narrow pathways, trenches that I've dug with that old resentment and anger and whatnot. But I can say I can come into these conversations now and a lot of hard work. I had to really grapple with this and not immediately go to you. Don't tell me how to live my life. Right. Right. You know, accept me for who I am. I demand that you love me. Yeah. You know, go from that to, okay, as soon as I start getting wound up, count to 10. And what can I do to love them? Yeah. Bring my tools, fix all their stuff. And that's all I can do. You know, and that's not for their benefit. It's for yours. I just like the guy that hit me, just like the guy in traffic behind me. Yes, yeah. selfishly. Just like when I'm having a bad day, using that tool selfishly to get my get myself out of my head and down that, you know, going down that rabbit hole. Yes. You know, and if we stay there and ride it like a wave every moment, that's really all I have to be concerned with, you know, is just how am I going to be open in this moment? Mm -hmm. And conversely, I thought you were talking about riding the rabbit hole. If I ride that, that old rabbit hole, if I do that, that downward boy, that's back. That's drinking thinking right there. Sure is, because we drank to escape. Yes. And we don't need to escape now. You know, as we work this program, we desire to escape less and less. Um, Okay, so you're moving along in recovery. How, over time, has this idea of the higher power of God changed? And you still see it changing. Is it still developing for you? How do you see it progressing from here? I've moved from trying to define it within a very narrowly defined, you know, this group believes this and here's the teachings, et cetera, to where now I'm, if I, if I practice a certain way and I do a certain thing and I get peace now, or I see peace in others, I'm, what do you do? Um, son, like for instance, sat, Sunday night, a buddy of mine in recovery, a bunch of us got together on um, Sunday. I'm going to go to a recovery Dharma meeting. Why am I going to become a Buddhist? No, don't label me. No, I'm just open to, I'm open to spirituality and practice that brings me peace. That's anchored in this love equation, this this me giving myself and my will over to something that is something or someone that is better at making decisions for me and knows what I need better than I need. Cause I've proven I'm going to, I'm going to make bad decisions for myself because I really don't know what's best for me and I can't control life anyway. So I'm going to continue this path of, and I wouldn't even want to use the word explore. I'm just, I'm open. And these things are just coming to me. This steering group for this spiritual leader in, you know, more traditional Christian circle. I've done, I've done 
um, Buddhist meditation recovery, a recovery meditation where I've sat with a group for an hour. And all of this because I, I somewhere in the process I've gone, I, I'm no longer, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How can I know? If I knew, then whatever I decide is truth, absolute truth. Why aren't the majority of other people who have peace going down this same path? And and how arrogant of me to think that I can define ultimate truth. So stop the battle, Rob, and just go with what brings me peace and serenity and do that with no apologies, right? And not, you know, oh, run this past my dad, make sure it, you know, goes through the, 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 the truth. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, that's good. And like we said in the beginning, it's really just giving up the need to figure it out. Total opposite, total opposite. I want to start winding down now, Rob. Um, what would you tell the newcomer that's maybe gone to a couple of meetings, that sees these steps that have God all over them, all in them, to where if if you're having difficulty with that, that's all you see. You don't see the rest of it. You see right. God, 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 God. Why is all this God stuff? Why, what's God got to do with it? I drank too much. You know, how, what would you tell that newcomer when, what did you experience during that time that might help them? Um, trying to think how to put this so that it doesn't further offend. <laughs> if we're willing to get to the point, if that newcomer is willing to get to the point where they're at step one, two, and three, where they're like, my life's unmanageable, it's out of control, and maybe there's some help out there. Maybe there's something I can I can go to. And okay, I'm going to give this over to that. Uh, I'm going to ask for help. If we look at it simply as that, or maybe break it down to its logical conclusion, for me, I'd spent years in a system where ultimately I thought I had the ability to make good decisions for myself and control my life. So maybe a higher power can be anything that isn't me. <laughs> yeah, anything I was told the, yeah. That isn't me. There's a, there's a God and it's not you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was also told that I don't have to, in not figuring it out, all I need to do, like you've said multiple times, just come in and be willing to help someone. Be willing to be friendly, to be helpful is all you have to do. It's not these overt, you know, you're not Jesus floating along, you know, kind of stuff, love stuff. I mean, this is just everyday, very practical. How can I be of help to the people around me? Really? You know, taking the second or third best parking space at Walmart instead mm -hmm. of the best. I mean, those little things, picking up the trash that you see, uh, putting your card up or putting an extra card up, you know, mm -hmm. all those things. That's just little things at Walmart that you can do to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And those are all, uh, I think, acts of loving kindness. They're all they're all acts of giving, which is, I think, what we're uh, the direction we're heading. 
yeah, that's good. If you're new, just stick around. There's three things I, I try to do. One is open my heart. Two is how can I be helpful? How can I show love? Um, and three is how can I be of service? You know, I send those people love. I, I send them love. I open my heart and ask, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Those are the three. Uh, let me ask you, uh, moving on down, winding up, what you talk about your favorite quote, favorite verse. That's good. Um, any, any podcasts that you would recommend? They don't necessarily have to be Dow podcasts, but oh. any, re- any recovery podcasts that you really like? Yeah. Or non-recovery even. Doesn't yeah. Matter. So a lot of my growth and community, especially you got to remember I'm a COVID recovery. I'm an early, uh, I, I hit this whole thing <laughs> in COVID. So, you know, the podcast and, and group thing, um, the SRC, Omar Pinto's, um, his, whatever he's still, you know, that, that community, um, there's a gr- another group by a guy named Paul Churchill called Recovery Elevator. And I stumbled on that day one, typing in recovery into my Spotify and Recovery Elevator came up. They have a, a, a another private group that you can join uh, that's Facebook, but it's private, right? So that, you know, your folks and work and everybody's not seeing all this. It's all in there um that i i believe there's got to be some kind of community and accountability and ability to talk out these things to get support and you know is it the best overall it's like i don't know again i'm not going to label one thing or another but i found experientially that these groups helped immensely especially in my early days and it came to a new paradigm when i started hosting some of the the webinars myself when I, again, of service, right? I just like a teacher. Um, I get a lot more out of when I do that you know, work through the nerves and the scare. It's scary. It, it's scary for me to do that stuff, but um, yeah. And then I binged so many different ones. There's, I, I guess what I need to say is, for somebody that's not ready, they're going to find a reason, whether it's the God thing or these people aren't, these people aren't, um, they're not like me, you know, right. I can't connect with them. There is, I don't know if you want to get Yukon in the background barking. I don't know if you can hear him. Um, yeah, it's okay though. Yeah. So I, I guess my, my warning or my my soft <laughs> if you're looking for a reason to mentally say this isn't for me because these people are cults or they're full of it or they're not like me or whatever there is a podcast and a program in today's environment not 30 years ago but today there's no excuse if you're a heady ethereal person you can get into any grace's stuff and she's got and online that you can, there, there's other authors, Laura McGowan, there's the, that sober guy, you know, your guy, that sober guy. And there's so many of them out there. There's no excuse. And all you got to do is get into your podcast 
Spotify, Apple, whatever you listen to and, 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 and find these things. And if you don't like the first one, go to another one. If, if you want to go kind of easy, Dax Shepard's armchair expert. He's a recovering alcoholic. He talks about it, talked about it on the days that I listened to with David Letterman. You're going to see successful people and you're going to learn. But I think no matter what a person does, they they need to somehow build a community. Johanna Hari talks about the opposite of addiction is connection. Another great YouTube search on on that whole concept. I I have not seen too many people in my almost four years that have been able to beat this thing without some group, without some community of some kind, whatever it is, even if it's a workout group that's recovery based. Yeah, and you've got all types, like you mentioned, of recovery, everything from Celebrate Recovery, which is a Christian-based deal, mm-hmm. all the way to Smart Recovery, mm-hmm. which is AA without the spirituality, mm-hmm. the way I understand it. You know, So you've got everything in between. So just look at, you've got Buddhist... Uh, recovery Dharma. Yes. So you've got all kinds of different meetings. So just try the different flavors and see what fits for you. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me was coming back to that, the way you started it, Rob, is just, I have to be open. If I've got my mind made up, I am already lost. I've got to approach this in an open way that I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be open to someone else's opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, How about books? Have you got some favorite books you found? Yeah. Yeah, I did find Annie's Grace, This this Naked Mind, a neat kind of Reader's Digest condensed version. It's kind of Recovery 101. She kind of takes a lot of other people's ideas, Huberman, a lot of the neurology, the biology, the the chemical, chemistry. It's a great little kind of first step into it to get a, a broad view of the chemical, social, emotional, what's going on from a biological standpoint. Um, Laura McCowan's um, We Are the Luckiest was a really good read for me. Uh, anything from Singer? Um, I'm Untethered um, Soul. Untethered Soul, Surrender Experiment. Yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff. The Quitlet, they call it Quitlet, <clears throat> Q-U-I-T-L-I-T. <clears throat> there's a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. And and the important thing for me was the books we read and the podcasts we listen to are not so that we can figure out the secret formula. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it that I'm missing? I must be missing. No, what we grasp is their experience from what they're reading, what they're writing. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for is their experience, how it related to them. No different than listening to us talk on the podcast. And and our experience resonating with you, it's the same thing. And that's what we look for in books, because it's not about the mental learning. It's about the spiritual knowing. And that comes about from if God is love, then when we're sharing with others and being um, uh, and being helpful, we're sharing God. So that's where God is, is in, in, in our uh, loving kindness and our helpful actions. So, yeah, yeah that's good, Rob. Anything you want to add that we didn't cover, Rob? Wow. 
you know, for anybody listening, we're, we kind of get into the, the, the meat of this, of this whole thing, you know, recovery's uh, um, it's multi-dimensional. You know, we didn't get into it overnight and we don't get out of it overnight. Yeah. Some people have talked about how it was originally a physical, you know, as ultimately it was some, something that we're trying to numb that we're not even aware of when we're, when we start, but we come into this thing, but I would say stay open to the third leg of the, the stool. And that's the spirituality. If you try to write off all the spirituality and you make it an entire act of will, a knowledge and an act of will from, you know, an emotional and knowledge standpoint. Um, I don't know. My experience is my experience is I've, I've got a whole lot more peace when I've cracked the nut. I've started asking the questions and I started being more open. So don't don't be afraid of the spirituals. I guess is what I'm saying. Don't be afraid of it. You, you know, and, and they can test it to see if it works. Yeah. Um, next time uh, next time you want to drink, uh, just ask openly, mm-hmm. who can I help? Who can I pray for? Who who can I help? And for me, someone comes to mind mm-hmm. or something something there for me to do in that regard. And it always helps me when I get the focus off of me. Mm-hmm. Why that works? I don't know. I mean, they've got books about it that say, oh, it's because of this and this and this and this. Who the fuck cares? You know, mm-hmm. as long as it works. That's yeah. all that matters. My you know? experience. Uh, when you're, uh, if you have issue with someone, try praying for them. Even if you think it doesn't work, it's not going to do any good at all. Just do it anyway. Maybe say some gratitude for that person. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful whoever this is, is in my life. I would not change them even if I could. Wow, that's so far from what we really want and really believe. But if you do that and make yourself do that and do it for a little while, you'll start to change. You'll start to feel better. Just try it. That's all you've got to do. Just try it and see if it works. It works Mm -hmm. for us. That's for sure. That's good, Rob. anything Anything to add, sir? I'm good. Thank you for this opportunity. Appreciate it, my friend. Well, you have a great day. You too. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.